hold of your decks and juggle your D20s, it's time for... Welcome to episode 44. I'm your host, Dave, and this is me trying new things. Um, We're going to evolve this opening intro and the format of the show as this next year sort of rolls on. So don't expect too much consistency uh, because I never know when things are going to change. But you have me in your ears or in your cars or wherever you podcast for this month's episode. Just me. That's right. Going solo again. I figured I did it once way back when uh, Jengus was at PAX East, and I'm doing it again. Speaking of PAX East, that gives a great opening. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast when it comes out on December 1st, um, that means that in less than a week's time, uh, PAX East is back. And so if you haven't grabbed the badge, I'm not sure you can still get one. But if you can, if you can figure out a way to snag one, now would be the time. Get in there and go see what PAX has to offer. I can't stress enough how um, great it is to be in an environment where gaming is so prevalent, but also in a way in which you can support um, a lot of games that you wouldn't necessarily know of or see otherwise. And PAX is one of those experiences Experiences like Comic Con that is just uh, physically draining but socially entertaining. I should remember that for the name of the episode physically draining, socially entertaining. Um, that's right. I'm going to give you my live notes as my brain thinks of them. Edit this, do that, star wipe, fix it in post. Um, but. In all seriousness, uh, I can't wait to see what Jengis sort of brings back from PAX and what stories he brings, and I will, of course, relay them to all of you, uh, since we will not have a Jengis PAX East special this year. But I can say uh, that I am looking forward to uh, not only hearing about PAX, but seeing the sweet goodies that he tends to sort of snag. And it's been weird for me recently with uh, board gaming, finding a solid group to play with. I always feel like that's that's always the issue when you become an adult. This is a weird term we have nowadays, adulting. And everyone says, like, you know, I'm adulting today. And people, some people get upset. I'm sure, you know, the the, the OK Boomer generation, as it's, that's now memed, um, they get upset about, you know, the term adulting. Like, oh, it's just responsibilities and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Love it or hate it. That term, though, is is very real in terms of how I feel when it comes to my overall gaming experience. It's hard to get a group together, whether it's for D&D, whether it's for magic, whether it's for um, board gaming. Really, it just comes down to everyone is busy because we're all adults now. We all have lives. I've got kids. I've got a wife. Other people have kids and wives and and or significant others of any kind. And, um, you know, it's just it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic to sort of kind of try to come together at least once a month. Um, The only thing that kind of stays consistent for the most part is our big magic games. Um, They sort of come together generally pretty well, and I get a pretty good turnout for those, even despite all of the uh, complications and um, commitments that we all tend to have, which is interesting um, because at the last magic the gathering if you will that we uh haha uh, 
that we had sort of had together, I had brought up if it was time to possibly kickstart or Indiegogo or crowdsource, crowdfund our official sort of flight of commander rules, our uh, our special cowboy commander, as we've been calling it. But there's a lot of issues that kind of come in with that. First one primarily being we'd have to rework the system slightly, at least in terms of naming conventions and maybe even a couple mechanics um, and maybe even unless we wanted to, you know, possibly get in touch with the people who create or created Bang, the, the board game, since the rules are a derivative of that concept. And that would be the first step would be either using those rules, contacting bang, or like I said, reworking the rules slightly and the names of everything to sort of make it its, its own thing, just enough to where they can get pissed off at us, but not enough to where they can sue us, um, as they are the inspiration for the format. But I, I was, I was met with some resistance. I think people still want to keep it play tested. I don't know. I kind of want to put it out there for the world. It's not necessarily in terms of like a making money sort of thing, because even if we did make money off of it, I mean, we'd have to split it like 14 ways or something. However, many ways of, I don't know, maybe eight, whoever's consistently been a part of it. I mean, there's definitely at least a core group of like four to six of us that, you know, have helped bring this idea together. But I mean, we'd have to split that money a whole bunch of ways. And not that I'm opposed to that, but it's just, that's not the intention. The intention is is not to make money off of the format so much as to bring the format to the masses. Um, because we've talked about it multiple times. It really is just, I, I, in my opinion, Commander is the best format of Magic, and our format is the best format of Commander, multiplayer Commander specifically. Can't work otherwise, and it can't work in groups in less than five. But if you're having like a big multiplayer game of Commander, something where you want to have a group, a large group of people, and you, you know, five to ten it works best with, um, I really do think it's better. It's better than like Arch Enemy or Plane Chase or any other weird thing they have out there. You know, we've never tried Brawl with our group. I'd be interested to see what that would be like, but at the same time, I'm not sure I could build a Brawl deck. I'd have to borrow someone else's. Not that, again, that I'm opposed to that, but I just, I don't know. I don't know how that would change the dynamic of our games, especially the style in which we play of our of our Cowboy Commander. But I would like to see sort of some sort of change in magic. I appreciate the fact that right now Wizards has sort of come out and they're they're trying to embrace Commander more. They're saying it's going to be, you know, the year of Commander. And even they've said in, in some of their things like Commander is the most popular form of magic and it's the best form of magic and blah, 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 blah. And blowing smoke at all of us Commander players. And I mean, granted, it's true. In the recent history, there's a lot of cards that have been catered towards Commander players. Cards that are in sets that before for Commander, the format itself, back when it was EDH and even before that, before it was really, you know, really widespread, I imagine these cards would have never even been thought of to be printed in sets. Certain legendary creatures that have ridiculous abilities, but like, you know, aren't really viable in a on any other constructed format or possibly even limited format. And cards straight up that say the word command zone or commander on them, like cards like those wouldn't exist. It's now literally bait for the commander fan base to come and buy the sets. So it makes sense that they want to just go further with that and create more commander content and create more content, uh, commander product 
to lure us all into buying and buying and buying, you know, Hasbro's model. But uh, I can't say that I would be so excited for that aspect as much as I would be if they embraced it in more competitive ways. Like I'm, I've said it on the cast in multiple episodes. If you've listened, you'll know that I am waiting for the day that 1v1 competitive commander, whether it be the French format version or just an, an American, its own version, I'm just waiting for that to be a legitimized thing where I can go to like a Grand Prix um, and play a constructed competitive ranked a commander format um, for like, you know, for big, big, big tournament, you know, prizes and and um, and and recognition almost um, because I really do feel like that is that is what I would uh, I would instantly go with hands down. If it, if I found out it was coming, I would I would be there. And that's all well and good. Um, but at least they're you know, they have product coming out. They say it's, it's going to be the year of the commander. They're going to be releasing commander and or brawl decks with each upcoming set like full set of magic there's going to be like sort of standalone little commander decks that come out um not to mention a commander set and then like another commander or something or another they're just throwing that word at us constantly about as much as i've been throwing it around in the last five minutes so we're, we're headed in the right direction and that's why i feel like you know striking while the iron's hot sort of sort of uh, mentality to this, get our, our product, get our format out there while commander is at its sort of like peak, um, popularity, if you will. So I'm, I am interested to see sort of where the winds blow in the next couple months. If there's anything else with our format, anything official, I'd be sure to announce it here as well as on our, um, on our social media on geekade.com. You're going to hear all about it. If it happens, if not, I mean, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep it to ourselves and keep enjoying playing Magic the way we play. But I am thankful for the fact that we have that sort of get-together time um, and our format sort of keeps us linked. And um, that's one of the many things that I'm thankful for since Thanksgiving just passed and we can talk about thankful things. Speaking of which, to all listeners of YSNPG, both old and new and in between, I am thankful for you. Um, I do this podcast now. Um, I mean, at first it was something fun for Jenks and I to do together and whether or not people listened was not really, um, necessarily an issue because it was more of just something we, you know, were passionate about and figured just throw it out there and see who, uh, decides to listen. But now that it's just me and I'm sort of the creative head behind this, it is even more important to me that I have listeners because I don't want to do this just to throw my voice out into the ether. I, Lord knows I don't have to hear myself speak and and have to hear myself rant on about things. I mean, I can get excited about things on my own and my you know in my in my house and geek out and nerd out and freak out. I don't need necessarily bring that to the air, but I do this. Because I I do, in fact, despite us not ever really receiving any mail in our Gmail or getting any um, social media sort of recognition from fans and or friends or family, I am thankful. If you're listening to this podcast, know that I am thankful for you. And I'm now doing this because, because of you, because that there is someone at least... 
a handful of people that listen to this podcast, and I am very thankful for that. So thank you. And hopefully you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving with um, your family. Should you celebrate it? I mean, if you don't celebrate the complete annihilation of the Indians by, you know, European white culture, well, then good on you. I'm not trying to bash Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I love it so much. But I understand the reasons why people would not celebrate the holiday. Nonetheless, thankful. Um, But it is hard. It's hard getting you know, people together to sort of play games now, since we all have these lives and these commitments, not everybody works the same hours, not everybody has the same holidays off. Um, You know, people have families, people have other commitments, a lot of things have to go, you know, ahead of time, like way ahead of time. We're talking, you plan it a month or two in advance, just to make sure everybody has enough time to sort of fit it in their schedule and block it off and make sure that they can come. So it, it, In some ways, like I understand that it's a symptom of just what adult life is, but in other ways, it's 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 uh, heartbreaking because you want to be able to play more, you want to have more groups. It'd be great if there was like uh, a oh man, here's a here's a million dollar idea. If you steal it, um, you know we have this 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 podcast is is marked on Geek Aid when it came out, so I said it first. But there should be an app. There should be a straight up phone app called Looking for Group. Like, like all the puns intended, call it LFG, looking for group, and literally like the same way you would run a raid in World of Warcraft or any other sort of MMO style, you just put out into the ether, you know, maybe give it like at least 24 hours notice just to sort of keep it manageable. But 24 hours notice, you just say, you know, looking for group, um, you know, uh, gang of four and Hey, you know, so looking, looking for three more, right. And it's you and you're looking for three people to come over and play granted. Like, I know that there's other factors that go into that. Like, Oh, but they're strangers. Oh God. What if they're serial killers? Oh geez. But you know, I feel like there was a time where the internet was a scary thing. There was a time where you weren't supposed to give your real name out on the internet and you weren't supposed to go and meet up with people who you found on the internet and everybody protected themselves and God forbid you give like anything. And now everybody's email is their exact name. You literally have apps like Tinder and all those other like OkCupid and apps where you put out all of your information and then you literally meet up with people. Heck, Uber is calling someone in their car to pick you up. The thing that your parents told you, if you're my age, if you're in your 30s and you know you had America online when you were like in middle school, this is like the exact counter to the situation um, and the scenarios that your parents warned you about when they like never get, never meet anybody on the internet, never get into a, into an unmarked car or get into cars of any kind with strangers. And now we're literally calling strangers to pick us up. So like, yes, I understand the idea of, oh, but you know, they're going to come into your house and they're strangers, but you know, there's so many apps out there already do this and where you, you meet strangers and you invite them into your life. So why not an app for gaming? Why not throw out a game, whether it be a board game or a D and D group or a video game even, or just something you just looking for group. You just 
connect with people. When you sign up, you sort of tick off interests, general interests of types of games that you like to play or whatever, uh, a sort of maximum distance you're willing to travel, you know, within five miles, within 10 miles, so forth and so on. And then like you get little notifications, like looking, there's a looking for group. It's like, you know, uh, I won't, I don't want to say general chat, but like, you know, a similar dynamic. I've said, you know, a lot, maybe you don't know. I should stop saying that. That's a bad habit. It's like, um, I think I've just replaced, um, and the word like with, you know, I'll try to kill that. I'll try to be better about my speech habits. Again, you're going to get the weird notes that are running through my brain because there's no filter time right now. Everything that's in my brain is coming right out of my mouth and into your ears. So I, I don't really have time to process this internally. So I'm saying it externally. So again, I'd love to say I'm going to fix that in post, but I'm probably just going to leave this in for your pleasure to laugh at me as my crazy neuroses begin to spill out all over the microphone. Um, but... I do think looking for group is probably a great idea that if I had a better knowledge of app development, I would be making that as soon as I stop recording. That's how good of an idea I think it is. Maybe there's something like it that exists already. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that exists with that exact name. But if it doesn't and you know app development and you want to go on a business venture with me, uh, you can either make it and we'll split some profits or you can buy me out of my idea one way or another. I said it here first and, you know, I'm sure I could prove that I this is this is my idea. Anyway, that aside, <coughs> uh, it kind of brings me to my next topic, which is more on, you know, what can you do as 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 one person in the mood for gaming? I'm one person. I'm home alone, let's say, or maybe, you know, my wife is asleep on the couch. Maybe uh, the kids are in bed and I have time to myself and I just want to relax. So what is it that I can do gaming wise? I mean, I could always play a video game. I'm in the middle of playing Jedi Fallen Order and Pokemon Sword. Both games are well, I should split them up. Pokemon Sword is great. I was originally a Dexit person. I've had a living Pokedex since before I can even tell you. It's been so long that I've been transferring Pokemon from one game to the next game to the next game, generation to generation to sort of keep them alive. And I have a full living Dex, fully caught everything up until Sword. And then, you know, this bomb drops, you can't use the full national decks, it's never going to happen in Sword and Shield, it's only going to be X amount of Pokemon. I was upset. I was really upset. I wasn't going to get the game. I did get the game simply because they announced Pokemon Home, and I knew that there would be a chance for these Pokemon that I've spent so much time catching to not only continue on, but then eventually have games to go into. And so I decided, you know what, fine, I can't give it up right now. The subliminal messages of gotta catch them all have still been burned into my brain since I was little, and those flashing seizure-like screens would appear at 6 o'clock in the morning as I woke up, and my little TV was on, and Pokemon was going away, and Ash and Pikachu were doing their thing. So I, I I had to buy it. I just did. I traded in some games, got it at GameStop, uh, which I also support. I know a lot of people don't. That's weird to say that you support a corporation, but 
I was a uh, being as someone who worked at a Hollywood video, which was for all you youngins, was a video rental store before we had Netflix, before it was a thing that you could do and you needed to go out to rent a movie unless you wanted to pay a ridiculous premium on like cable box. And even then you weren't going to get the newest, newest movies. There was Hollywood video and blockbusters and other movie rental stores, the movie store in Florham Park even. And I worked at a Hollywood video and I loved it. And I think that experience of going out someplace to get a physical product, especially when it's new and it's like a form of media, there's something special about that. And the current generation doesn't necessarily have that feeling too much anymore. You don't really go rent movies. You don't really even buy movies the way you used to. You don't go to a movie store at least to buy them. Either you're buying them on Amazon if you're if you're even bothering with a physical copy um, or you're going to like a Walmart or Target and that's how you're getting them. You're not really going to a movie store to buy a movie. You're not going to a music store to buy music. You're not really doing these things. And gaming is sort of like that last barrier before we go fully digital and GameStop is sort of that company that still is out there and it's like hey we still exist they're trying everything they can to keep afloat they are you know they bought uh they bought thinkgeek.com and they're selling more merch in their stores now than ever before and collectibles and they're they're trying to do every little odd and end thing they can to keep their head in the game and I respect the hell out of them for that so I still do go shop at GameStop I still like going and getting a physical copy of games but I got Pokemon Sword I traded in some stuff and I played through it and I loved it I really did I'm still loving it I'm at the end game now oh man there it is Quartered Avengers, we're in the end game now. But seriously, like I'm at the end game. And it's it's great. No, like it's really great. I've enjoyed catching G Max Pokemon. I've enjoyed the new twists and turns of the wild area and uh how the elite four is not really elite four so much as it's like a tournament and a bracket. Spoilers, obviously. I should have said that earlier, but I'm saying it now. Spoilers, if you care about Pokemon Sword spoilers. But um, all of those aspects of the game are really fun, even down to the way in which you go through Battle Tower and hyper-train your Pokemon and the fact that you're able to not only check EVs, but you're able to check IVs just on the fly. I don't need to go to like a, a certain person to do that. The resurgence of old school TMs as TRs, I think is just is great. Everything about the game is really, really nice. And I will be playing it for a while. Fallen Order, on the other hand, is like, okay. Um, I it, I was talking to my wife about it. And she kind of agrees in the sense that it's like playing a game that is like the sequel to a game that you've never played. I feel that wholeheartedly. There are so many moments in this game, in the plot of the game, even in the first 15 minutes, where they're trying to make you really feel for these characters the way you would if you had spent a few hours with them. Like if it were a movie, you would have to have seen half of the movie before some of events unfold for you to really care but they throw it at you so fast and so unusually and out of left field that 
you find that when bad things happen to the characters that are the main characters that you're supposed to like and love, you just don't care. Like, I, I have no emotional attachment to them. But on the other hand, the combat is decent. I mean, Dark Souls combat is all the rage right now, and it is a derivative of that. Uh, and I, I would say the best way to describe the combat slash adventuring in the game is like if you mixed Assassin's Creed with... Uh, you know, Dark Souls is pretty much how the game plays and it works. It works enough to keep me playing. I mean, there's also that aspect of you're using the force and you have a lightsaber and you get to do crap with both of those things. And that's just, you know, every Star Wars nerds dream. But in all honesty, like it, it it's the gameplay that is keeping me playing because the plot is just so far as far as I am into it four planets in I won't give any other spoilers outside of that but I'm about four planets in and I just uh I just feel like the plot is weak weak and predictable and you just don't care but the gameplay is fun enough to keep me playing but playing one player games is not in video games at that is not satiating in the way that an experience is with having people in you know with you and playing a game that way. And it's even harder when it comes to something that's a tabletop, you know, the, our specialty, so to speak, the, the, the YSNPG, um, uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. I guess specialty is the word, but I was going to say like, we are, I was going to say, I have to stop saying we, I am like a sommelier of, uh, board games and tabletop. I guess that's my, my, my niche or niche, if you will. But uh, I, I, I really want to play more games on tabletop as a one player setting, not because I want to stop having people over, but there are just so many times where I get that itch and it's hard to, to, to scratch it. With Magic, I don't really have a collection anymore. So like one pastime I used to have was like the crazy random inspiration to build a deck. I would get a new card, a new commander, or just have like a colors system that I wanted to try or an ability I wanted to sort of build around. And I would just deck build. If I got the urge to do something tabletoppy, I would pull out my collection. I would deck build. It would take me hours. I mean, hours. I would always think it was going to be real quick. I was like, yeah, this will be, this will be real quick. It'll be no problem. But then I'd start thinking about different combinations of cards and I'd start getting deeper and deeper into the massive collection I had and finding cards that I didn't even know existed. And then I'd go online and look up what other people were doing and sort of pick little odds and ends from what they did and turn it into my own thing. And it was just a nice long process, but it was good. It it got, it got that, that sort of, uh, it gave me the necessary, um, fix, if you will, that I was looking for. But now that I don't have that, if I want to do something with magic on my own, that's just pretty much me taking two of my four commander decks that I have left and fighting with them or possibly logging on to MTG Arena. But again, I'm looking for actual tabletop, not virtual. So that's just me playing against myself. And while that can be fun sometimes, it also can be incredibly just boring because I know the deck so well that it's just not fun. It's there's no surprises and I'm not playtesting anything because it's not like, oh, I got to see if this deck works. I know the decks work because they've been built forever. So magic is kind of out when it comes to finding something to do myself. D&D, 
is like impossible with one person. I'm not saying it's completely, I shouldn't say it's completely impossible. It's just not, I'm not sure how that would work. I could essentially just narrate my own adventure as it comes to me, similar to how I'm doing now, sort of a unfiltered verbal vomit of just fantasy role play. And throughout my story, I could randomly throw dice and just see what happens. But I can't imagine that would be any fun. It might be something fun for me to do here for all of you. That might be a great feature cast, in fact, for me to do a literal solo mod where I DM myself through something and the monsters are random based on roles and some choices I make are random and outcomes are random. I'd be rolling nonstop just to make it interesting and improv with it. But it might be fun to do. It also also might get old in like five minutes and make me want to do something else entirely. I'm not really sure. The latter seems more likely, but that leaves us with board games, like actual board games. And I've, I've touched upon before certain board games that have this one player aspect to them. And they try to give you that experience of like, you can play this on your own. And there are some ones that have, done okay with that probably the best one i've ever played that you know has this this one player setting if you will was mage knight um i would have loved to have had been able to say gloomhaven but really gloomhaven much like D is not really as fun with one person you really, I think, need multiple people to play Gloomhaven. It is definitely like a D&D game without a DM. And while you think that'd be perfect for what I had said before, it just wasn't in practice. Mage Knight, on the other hand, was in fact a lot of fun to play on my own. Specifically, the General Volcare expansion setting, where there's like this general that is making his way across a board that's already built, and you just have to stop him before he gets to the other, to the other side of the board. I think that was a great format to play as one player, because like you had a clear enemy, a clear objective, you could see the map already, so it didn't really involve too much of this unknown exploration stuff. It was just, the the, the rules were there, and you just got to play the game. You just had to go and see what happens, and his deck would sort of determine his actions, and you would be scrambling to eventually try and beat him, and you know either you did or you didn't. But I do feel like that that game was successful in its ability to provide a one-player experience that was fun. My issue with Mage Knight, much similar to Gloomhaven, except it's slightly different in the fact that it was worth it for Mage Knight in some cases, is the setup and breakdown. There are so many pieces to the game and they all come out of a box as tabletop games normally do. And it is extremely daunting to go through the process of setting it up just to play a game by yourself. And then even more so when you have to break it all down and put it all back. You just don't want to. And by the time it's set up, you've almost lost interest in getting ready to play it anyway. So it's 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 like a fine line. Now, many people might ask, well, what about your wife? Wouldn't she want to play? And the thing is, is my wife is uh, she while she is a gamer, she is not a strategy based gamer like her. Her cup of tea is more of like your old school basic board games and tabletop games. You know, you have Pictionary and like um, uh, Scrabble 
and like Monopoly and like, you know, the Parker Brothers sort of games like those. That's like her cup of tea. Uh, games where there's just limited strategy involved and they're just generally a lot of chance and a lot of fun. Um, whereas for me, uh, Jengis had slowly infected me with these ideas and principles, but it was also just what I was playing that was doing it to me too. But I've become a bit of a board game snob in the sense that like, if it's not deep in strategy, if it isn't, if it doesn't have some sort of complexity to it, or it's not, you know, whatever, like I just, I, I don't have as much of a yearning to play those games anymore. So not to say that I can't play games with my wife to, to sort of scratch the tabletop itch when I'm, when I don't have other company over, but it's more of the games that I would want to play with her. She would like, look at me and be like, are you like fucking kidding me? No, go away. And that's when I would have to come play something by myself. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, to sort of bring back what I was talking about before with crowdsourcing and crowdfunding. That's why I love looking into all of these indie games that are coming out. Um, it's a shame because a, because money, you know, who has money to throw and back all of the games that are constantly coming out and also quality control, right? How do you, how do you control the quality of the games that you're backing? Because inevitably you're going to back something. It's going to come to you. And no matter how fun they promised, it's going to be, no matter how fun you thought it looked, it might not hold up to the expectations that, you had set for it when that they had promised. And that's just the truth of the matter. And also because, you know, money, as I said, is tight. There's plenty of games that are going to go by and pass by that you can't back and they might not ever sell in stores. The games might be literally just a limited print run specifically for a crowd's uh, funding situation and then they're gone forever and that sucks because i'd love to play those games but i am looking forward to tainted grail the fall of avalon i had talked about this game and that i had backed it a year ago actually it was last november uh i had decided i had gotten like a little a little bonus if you will and i was like you know what i'm gonna back this game and it's another gloomhaven type game in terms of how like the big weighted box of just pieces and, and and whatever else um and finally they're shipping they're shipping the first wave of games and i still haven't received my shipping notification yet but i think we, we got an update like a week ago and it, i think they shipped like 15 or 20 percent of the overall pre-orders so i'm i'm sure it's coming i'm just you know just waiting patiently but uh I also am getting a couple expansions to it that haven't even begun creation so much yet. Like they'll be shipped in another year or so. But I bring this up because Tainted Grail, one thing that drew me in about it wasn't just that it looked very Gloomhaven-esque and that has become very quickly my favorite board game, but also that it boasted having a great one-player experience. And I was like, you know what? I would love to find another game. If I could find a Gloomhaven-type game, a game that is D&D-esque and is great in terms of like story and I don't have to necessarily role play with the board game alone, but if it just has a great story that I can progress through and I can do it on my own, it was well worth trying. And if not, like I can always play with others. Like as of right now, since we don't really know how intense of strategy the game involves, um, my wife is willing to play with me. 
But whether or not she does or she doesn't, I'm definitely looking forward to trying out the single player mode just again. So I have something to do on those times where I don't want to play a video game or I don't want to just, you know, compete against magic with myself. I want to play a board game, board game, and I want, and I just don't have people here. Again, you know, the looking for group app would be great, but it doesn't exist yet. So I have to find other avenues. Um but I, you know, I, I'm sure I'll review that game soon enough. In fact, maybe by the time I cast next for New Year's, um, it might be time for me to talk about Tainted Grail. Then again, it might be me doing a solo mod, literal. Then again, it might be literally anything else. It is all up in the air. You never know what might be coming. Um, with that being said, just some more random notes that are coming to my head here about the cast in general. I know for a while we had the time code in there and uh, you could kind of go through and click about each thing we were talking about. I'm not going to lie to all of you. I'm sure a lot of you were like, oh, I relied on that time code. It's it's how I navigated your podcast. It's going to go away for two reasons. One, that was something Jengis sort of was in charge in of finding time codes and knowing when magic and D&D and board games are being talked about two is because we changed the format we went from that rigid structure where we talked about those three things exclusively in those orders to being more fluid with the podcast and three i'm i just don't operate that way and i just i'm lazy i'm just not going to want to do it and try to figure out how to timestamp these 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 random podcasts i mean i've touched upon several different subjects as they kind of bounce around in my brain and end up sort of shooting out of my mouth so I'm not really going to have that aspect of our notes anymore. If that pisses you off, by all means, feel free to shout out at YSNPGCast and let me know. Um, Otherwise, if I don't hear from you, I'm assuming you're dealing with it, and that's great. Uh, But again... I hope for the holiday season you are thinking of great board games and games in general to sort of bring to your inventory. Don't forget to get your kids started early. If you're listening and you have kids, it's never too early to start getting your kids into gaming. Buy them games like Ants in the Pants or Don't Break the Ice or Cooties or whatever other games you can find that are fun to play and easy to play. Um, You know, Candyland even. Just to get them into that style. Buy the Young Adventurer's Guide of D. D&D and start getting them into D&D role playing if they're at an age that appropriately they could sort of navigate that. I mean, you wouldn't want to give that to your two-year-old. Your two-year-old's going to look at you and be like, D&D? What? What 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 D&D? And you're going to be like, "Oh, geez, Kid, can't you just roll an elf and can we get can we get to it? Let's go to the let's go kill a dragon, man." You know, he's just they're not going to get it. Um, but I hope that you have something you can bring into your home for them. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, look for games for yourself. Check out the news at PAX East. Check out, um, keep up with us and keep up with me. I'll be spewing more stuff. Grab a deck of magic if you can, or grab something new. Try something new. Learn a new language even with like Japanese the game, for instance. I've had that game since I announced that, what, like I think it was a year ago. It was last holiday season. I got it as a gift and it's been sitting in my gaming room and I'm just waiting to sort of be able to learn Japanese through it, despite the fact that I, you know, I boast that I took a year of it in college and I remember very little. It's, you know, I got like small phrases, um, uh, you know, Nihongo ga wakarimasu ka? And you're like, oh man, I know that was horrible in terms of how I just said that, but 
it's like, you know, do you understand Japanese? And it's, hi, wakarimasu. And that's it. Yeah, I understand. Except that's a lie. If I were to say that to somebody and they would start speaking to me in Japanese, I'd be lost after those first two sentences. So uh, I should get on to that. But regardless, forget about my rambling and mumbling. Um, Get a new game, try something new, and find a time this holiday season to reconnect with your friends and game 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 uh and again you could also just make an app looking for group huh huh you want a piece of it call me have a wonderful month happy holidays to those that celebrate them and i will be talking to you in the new year cheers if you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode, or you just want to say hi, email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com.